98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up Sumaclaw on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? You know, we, uh, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Yeah. We, we just, let's address this right out of the chute. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's do Let's it. not waste any Don't time. Don't waste any time. Uh, our our colleague on this show, uh-huh. Mitch, Mitch, had his one shining moment last he night. He did. He got the call. He he got the call. Mm-hmm. He was asked to do the streaming broadcast for UC Riverside last night. And so Mitch, our producer, got to call the epic buzzer beater. Now back to Tattersall looking for the open man. Mormon takes it. Mormon with a dribble, a fire from deep. Good! It's good! J.P. Mormon fires it from beyond the half-court line and it's in! And the Highlanders upset the Sun Devils here in Tempe on a Hail Mary from deep. You got the Look little, at that. A Hail the, Mary. The little voice crack in there. That's it what was, all the good yeah. ones do, yeah. right? I was speaking with the uh, SID with UCR, and he said, did you really call the final call if your voice didn't crack the way that it did? <laughs> yeah, you kind of had that Sean McDonough, Dave Pash will do that every yeah. night. The voice gets Joe a little... Buck did it in the World Series that. a few yeah. years ago. You Granted, notice... he called 18 innings. Did you notice but... anything different about him today? Like, yeah, he's he's I walking mean... around here like he's. How many times did he leave our meeting? Uh, well, I've I... got to go get my lunch. Yeah, oh, well, where uh, you going? We're doing a show. So... I I have to leave. Gambo, nothing's different about me. My I went right back to wearing flip flops today. I mean, Give Eric me had break. to Eric had to take over and do like half of the show prep. Mitch yeah. told me he was like, "You have to do this. It's all below me now. Like I can't even touch this writing stuff. A pen to paper." It kind of reminds us, if you're fans of the show, yep. we're a little worried that, that Mitch is about to become Nate. Our Nate. He's going to become Nate. The great Roy Kent. You're old now. And slow. And your focus drifts. But your speed and your smarts were never what made you who you are. It's your anger. That's your superpower. That's what made you one of the best midfielders in the history of this league. But I haven't seen it on the pitch at all this season, Roy. I mean, you used to run like you were angry at the grass. <laughs> is, that, is, is Mitch going to be coming to us? Telling you that you're not running the show properly and telling me that I'm not doing enough rants and getting angry, that I'm at my best when I'm angry and yeah. mad and I'm not getting angry enough. I'm worried after last night that our bosses are going to are gonna go to Nate and, and hey, I'm mean, already calling you Nate. Your name is Mitch. I'm calling yeah. you Nate. No, no, you're, no you're, now you're, you are Nate the rest of the show. <laughs> you will no longer be referred to as your real name. You are Nate. Today's Rip the Boss Day. I'm going to rip Scott Sutherland. Yeah. Well. Next well, thing you know, he's going to be coming for our jobs. He's, oh, he's, he's, he's going to try he's to do gonna... a talk show on his own. He probably thinks he's good enough to do a talk show host now. Bernsey, you yeah. were late for the segment again. How many times are you not going to read the buzz when I tell you to read the buzz? I can just I can switch yeah. to a British accent too. Okay, if you want but you me know, to. I can no, see good. him just yeah, just yeah, stabbing you in the back and trying to get his own show. <laughs> Going to the bosses. Uh, in all sincerity, <laughs> congratulations, Mitch. That was a heck of a uh, moment last night. Me. That was really what? Nate. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Nate, congratulations, congratulations on your big Nate. moment last night. That way was to go, great. Nate. You sounded great, and I'm glad you're getting all the love. Hey, way to go, it. Nate. Don't so let I, it get to your head, all right? Yeah, please don't. Don't yeah. be don't be Nate. The, yeah. Don't be don't be Nate. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Thank you, Eric, by the way, for playing along with our little game here and contributing on that one. Our top story of the day, Cliff Kingsbury with the latest on Kyler Murray. Will he, won't he? Here's Cliff from about an hour and a half ago. Yeah, just he's progressing. Obviously, it's good to have him out there. Um, We'll see how he feels tomorrow and Sunday and go from there. All right, so we're still in wait-and-see mode when it comes to Kyler Murray, but he was on the field today at practice. Yeah, he's a big maybe. I mean, you know, we do know that there are certain guys that are out, right? I mean, Chase Edmonds has been ruled out, Justin Pugh has been ruled out. Um, look, I, I think uh, I think there's a chance that DeAndre Hopkins will not play in this game. I do. I think there's a better than good chance that Hopkins doesn't go. But Rondale Moore, I expect to play, and I expect AJ Green to play. But Kyler's the big maybe. I've been trying to find out as much as I could over the last 24 hours on Kyler's availability. I think there's a good chance he plays, but I just don't know, and I can't get any confirmation. I think it was a good sign he was back at practice today. But yes. just because you practice on Friday doesn't mean you'll play. But I, I think it's a it's a good sign that he was back out there. And if he wasn't, I would probably be more doubtful in my mind that he would go. You mentioned the players that were out: Edmonds, definitely; Pew, definitely. Jonathan Ward, James Wiggins, both ruled out. Buddha is listed as questionable for the game. Cliff provided an update on that, albeit brief. Uh, he, he looks good. Yeah, he looks good. I expect him to play. Okay, so an expectation that Buddha will play. Good. You mentioned Rondale Moore. Here's what Cliff said about Rondale. Um, we'll see. He's progressing. Hopefully he'll be ready to go. Now, he was okay. coming from like a neck concussion kind of deal, right? If I remember right with him. Yes. It was a neck concussion issue with Rondell Moore, uh, but he was limited at practice today, so he was able to do some stuff, and he's a game-time decision. More on Kyler. Um, Cliff Kingsbury said today, you know, we, we understand that you know Colt McCoy gives us a lot of flexibility to maybe rest Kyler another week. But I assure you, these games are important, and if Kyler is ready, he will go. Yeah, we've discussed all possibilities, but I mean, in this league, it's week to week, as you know. You got to try to win every game. You have an opportunity to win. So, if he is ready to go, he'll play. I, I, I you know, I was outside my house, and the FedEx guy was driving by, and he he, he pulled up from my house. I was getting a Cambo. Is Kyler Murray playing? I'm like. I think so. I, I think he's going to go, Wait, hold FedEx on. guy. Hold on. A, yeah. a question from the Chiefs yeah. here. Did, was he dropping off a package in no. your house, or did he just slow down by he your house down. to yell a question at you? Slow down at the garage open, about to get in a car, come to work. A FedEx guy's driving by, you know, saw me going towards my car. Nice guy. Stopped, and he just said, hey, is Kyler Murray playing? I need to know. He goes, Gambo, Kyler Murray playing this week? You think yeah. because he was a Cardinals fan? I don't know if I was setting his fantasy team. Fantasy I have football. no idea. It's probably yeah. fantasy football. I said, listen, I think he's going to play, but I don't know. I don't take that to the bank. <laughs> don't take it to the bank. What does Cliff need to see from Kyler for him to play? Uh, just that he can move well enough to protect himself. You know, he doesn't have to be 100%, but he's got to be able to move enough where he can protect himself, do what he does, escape, extend plays, things of that nature. All right. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you mentioned maybe. I think that they could hold Hop out one more week. That's, okay. But, so my expectations – would be that they hold Hop out. But I don't know for sure. They haven't said anything on that. But I would not be surprised if he doesn't play. I do think Rondell Moore plays, A.J. Green plays. Well, A.J. Green is back, and, and so I, I think, if anything, it helps make the decision a little easier to hold out Hop one more week. And Cliff did 
addressed Hopkins a little bit today and said, because it's a soft tissue injury, we want to make absolute sure he's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't want to lose somebody like that for an extended period of time if you can um, help it. And he hadn't missed many games in his career. So we want to make sure when he's back, he's 100% can do everything he does. It's, it's kind of the, the hamstring conundrum we've talked about many, many times here on this show. Hamstrings are tricky, right? Hamstrings are you think you feel good, you're ready to go, and all it takes is one pull, and you're out for a few more weeks, right? And you gotta, you're back to square one. I'm sure they'd like to avoid that with DeAndre Hopkins as best yeah, as they possibly yeah. could. And that's why, listen, if I, and I don't play fantasy football, but I would not, I would probably not start Hop this week just oh, because of oh, that. Oh, you're dispensing fantasy um, advice now, yes. are you? What? We are. We are evolving the fantasy here on the forum with Barry Markson and Chris Lewis. Get a hobby. We get a life. Walk away. Hashtag walk away from fantasy football. I don't play it. I don't play it. Was that Sarah giggling in the background? Is that is that an old it must have sound? Been. It must have been Sarah giggling in yeah. the background back when she was get working. a life. And yet you're dispensing. Find fantasy other advice. things to do. I, you know what? I I have a couple fantasy teams, and yet I feel like I have a life. You feel like you got a life? I'm not a slave to my fantasy team. It's okay. It's I, good. I, I feel like I can. There was can, a time it's the you same had thing. Red five. Skull said in Endgame, where he says, "I guide Nate. others to a treasure that I can." Nate, look possess. at Nate. Look That's at Nate. Gambo giving other people fantasy. Look at Nate jumping in. It's we're not even one segment, and Nate's jumping in. There you go. Nate feels like he should have his own show. I mean, we haven't even finished. We we already gave you your props. Like we played your cut on the ASU call. Yeah. I mean, you had your five minutes of glory, and now your segment hasn't ended, and Nate's trying to get in again. See, this is a this is a classic Gambo trick. You know, the, Mitch had a really good moment Who? last night. Nate had a really good moment last night, and you're going to make sure you just cut him off right at the knees Jeez. before he gets a real big head. We didn't it. even get to the first break, and Nate's chiming in again. <laughs> chiming in. You chime in whenever you want, Nate or Mitch, whatever Nate. you want to do. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, it was a very bold decision. Fire a coach after just one year. Hire a guy who had never coached in the NFL. And it's paying off for the Arizona Cardinals, and people are starting to notice. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Cards Panthers coming up Sunday afternoon. You'll hear it here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And the Cardinals are starting to get, as you would expect, at 8-1 and one with the best record in the NFL. They're getting noticed. They're getting really, really noticed. And there was a story this morning on the MMQB.com, the Monday Morning Quarterback which is Sports Illustrated's kind of you know, their, their NFL arm, basically, of their coverage online. And Albert Breer is their lead writer, and he put together a big Friday column. And he wrote, This week I did my annual poll of general managers and scouting directors to gather who those inside the league see as the most worthy of winning midseason awards. You're going to see those results at a little later in the column. What I can tell you now, without revealing all the winners quite yet, is simple. The Cardinals' decisions to move on from Steve Wilkes to move on from Josh Rosen, weren't so wild after all. And then he writes a big, long column in which Michael Bidwell is quoted prominently throughout the story. Cliff is quoted prominently throughout the story, revisiting what was at the time the very bold decision to fire Steve Wilkes after one year, to move on from Josh Rosen after one year, to completely reboot the whole thing at quarterback and head coach, and how that is clearly, obviously, totally worked out for the Cardinals in every way possible. You know, I love the uh, how they point out in the story what Cliff Kingsbury's biggest sales pitch was. It was simply this. 
I'm going to turn Rosen into a dude. There it is. That's the guy. Like that's that's. Isn't you that say that you, you're going to get hired. Isn't that what you wanted to hear? If you were Michael Bidwell, if you were Steve Keim, I, 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 I'm going to make Josh Rosen the dude. If I were, I'm going to turn Rosen into a dude. If I were trying to be the head coach of the Cardinals and I had the resume to be able to say that, that's exactly what I would have said in the interview too. Hire me. Why? I'm going to make Josh Rosen the man. I'm going to fix him. I'm going to find an offense that will accentuate his strengths. I'm going to find an offense that will bring out the very best in him. Nobody can do that better than me. That would have been that's that's how I would have gone into that interview, right? Listen, there's no doubt about it. That's you that you have to say when a team drafts a quarterback and they like the quarterback and you're a coach coming in trying to get that job, you've got to you know, you you you've got to make sure that you know that that owner knows and that GM knows that you're going to fix that guy. I'm going to get the most out of him. I'm going to find a way to get him to play his best. I'm going to make that that uh, decision that you made to draft him in the first round to move up and draft him. I'm going to make that pay off. That's what you got to sell yourself on. Now, now, obviously, he said he kind of took himself out of the process when he got the job on on whether to take Kyler Murray or not. But my favorite part of this story is this comment by Michael Bidwell. I want to read it to you because I, I really believe in it, and I think that more and more teams need to do this, and I don't think enough do. Don't be afraid to make bold moves, Bidwell said. We did our homework. We felt like there was a real rationale. We've made terrific progress. We're obviously still in midseason. But he says, don't be afraid to make bold moves. Admit when you've made errors or mistakes and move on from them. Fixing a mistake fast is a good thing. That's really all we did. He's right. You fixed a mistake. You hired the wrong quarterback. You hired the wrong coach. Instead of compounding that mistake, I mean, you talk about this a lot. Don't compound your mistakes. If you make the wrong hire, move on. Don't try to, like, fit a square peg into a round hole. Don't try to, like, well, let's give it another year. Let's give it another. No, if you know at the end of the year, hey, Steve Wilkes, he's not the guy. Like, I don't care how many years we give him. He's not the. Why would you want to bring him back? Fire him after. Take the hit. You're going to take a hit. It was a PR nightmare. They fired Wilkes. They got rid of Rosen. Like, you took a hit. Like, you look stupid. Like, you look. You, dra- you drafted a quarterback in the first round. You moved on from him. You hired a coach after a year. You moved on from him. Like, you look dumb, but it was what you needed to do. And sometimes it's better to take that hit early and move on. And the Cardinals did an excellent job of yeah, that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Of, of all the four things, I'm, think, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about this. Of all the four things that happened that offseason, firing Wilkes, moving on from Rosen, hiring Cliff, drafting Kyler. In retrospect, the one that's the most crazy of those four hiring Cliff? is hiring Cliff. Yeah. Without question, it's hiring Cliff. Firing Steve Wilkes after one year, maybe it shouldn't be this way. Coaches get fired after one year. It's not like the Cardinals were on some island when they made that decision. Coaches, unfortunately, in this league, get fired after one year. It happens. Moving on. In fact, the two boldest moves, Cliff getting hired number one, making Josh Rosen not your franchise quarterback was number two. Because that doesn't happen very often at all, right? Oh, giving a college coach who had been fired by his alma mater and had never coached a day in the NFL a head coaching gig is rare. Drafting a quarterback in the top 10 overall and then pivoting off that quarterback after a year Can I tell you something? is also very rare. Those two things mm. don't happen very okay, often. But here's the truth. Okay, Not a lot of people may know this. They didn't love Rosen when they drafted him. They liked him. They didn't love him. He was. The, they didn't think of Rosen the way they've thought of other quarterbacks over the year. Well, but they had to take a shot. Maybe, but they they still drafted him in the top they, ten. They did. I mean, yeah, they, they did. They, 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 they drafted him because they needed to take a shot. You needed to. You needed to take a shot at a quarterback. 
They didn't have one. They didn't have a quarterback. Think about how bad it was. But I don't know if they would ever admit this. They did not love Josh Rosen when they drafted him. Well, I mean, they didn't love him. They liked him enough. They liked him. They liked him enough that they 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 gave up draft capital to go up and get him. That they made a move on draft day to because go get they him. felt like they had to. And I and I think I'll always believe this. They'll probably never admit this. I'll nope. always believe that part of the reason why they were compelled to do it was missing out on that opportunity with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes the year before. Because other teams got aggressive. They stayed put. They drafted Hassan Reddick. And oops, two teams jumped us to go get their franchise quarterbacks. And they both looked great. And we were sitting on our hands drafting you know, an outside linebacker from Temple, hoping we could make him an inside linebacker. Oops, we're not going to do that again. So the next year, let's overcompensate. Let's get ultra aggressive and go get Josh Rosen. Oops. So yeah, I mean... That bold offseason. Didn't love him. Firing Wilkes, not so bold. Drafting Kyler, not so bold. Hiring Cliff, moving on from Josh Rosen, bold. Was bold. Was hiring Cliff like hiring A.J. Hinch? Was it organizational advocacy? Was it, I mean, that was out of the box. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, Cliff was, I mean. The problem with A.J. Hinch was that was never going to work since the players in the clubhouse never really believed that AJ Hinch was anything more than an extension of Josh Burns. Okay, true. It was it was true. never going to it was never going to work. It was it was just just hey, out, man, from the just outside some, of the box thinking though. Yeah, I mean was, it, it, it was a little outside the box, but yeah. it, it, it with Cliff at least he was a total outsider coming in and doing this. Um he did reveal later in the column where these 32 executives and how they voted on these awards. Cliff Kingsbury running away with Coach of the Year at the midway point. He got 18 votes for Coach of the Year. The running next, away with it. The next closest was Mike Vrabel with nine. And then after that, Bill Belichick won. Uh, Basaccia with the Raiders won. Sean Payton won. Zach Taylor won. I mean, it's... It, I will pay for the ceramic middle fingers, <laughs> and I will ship them for Cliff if he wins this award. Okay, yeah. I will, ex- I will do it for Cliff. Yes. Yesterday, if you missed the... I forgot about the surrender. I will do it. Finger. I'll pay for him, too. Uh, we were talking about Cliff and whether he could win Coach of the Year, and Gambo is offering. To, and we looked on Amazon, and you can actually, can buy in him. fact, purchase uh, ceramic middle fingers. Um, Rex were, Ryan. You're going to send it to all those who doubted Cliff Everybody, he was hired. Everybody that ripped the decision to hire Cliff, I will send them a ceramic middle finger. For like $19.99, if you're an mm-hmm. Amazon Prime member, you can have a ceramic yeah. middle finger. Hey, Rex Ryan. You can here's have it a, by Sunday if you order fast enough. Here's a gift from the Red Sea. Just mail it to Rex Ryan. It's just a ceramic middle finger. He opens it up, and he's just getting a middle finger. From the Red Sea. <laughs> or from Cliff or whoever. I'll buy him. Uh, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, they got their first win of the year last Saturday. So what has Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong seen from his guys in their recent stretch? Our weekly visit with the GM of the Coyotes next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Our Twitter Poll question of the day with Nate. Mitch. Nate. Nate. If you, don't watch, Lasso, if you don't watch Ted Lasso, the, name? the joke just goes right over your head. Everybody watches So it Ted went over Lasso. my head then. Not everybody watches Ted Lasso. 90% of our audience watches Ted Lasso. Eric doesn't watch Ted Lasso. He's in the 10%. He's like, we asked him to find a Nate soundbite. He's like, who's Nate? Oh. <laughs> you know All right, what? 85% of our audience everybody can Ted afford Lasso. the $7.99 a month for the Apple Plus, right? No. And see, when you're on a budget, you got you got guys got to eat. You have or to watch pick the and choose show. your streaming services. Exactly. You got I would choose watching Ted Lasso over eating. 
<laughs> well, that's, I would do. I would do that. That's, so it came that's down from to somebody who doesn't have to make that choice. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if exactly. I had to make that choice, I would rather watch Ted Lasso than eat. I high that find mm. that highly suspect, highly doubtful. You would have a nice. To I'll eat. go with the ramen noodles and Ted Lasso <laughs> over the steak and no Ted Lasso. Uh, Mitch, what's our poll question today? What do you, while we're waiting for Bill Armstrong to call because we're yes. expecting him any moment, what it, do you have? For it has today? nothing to do with ramen, thank goodness, but it does have to do with somebody who we didn't know we were going to see until. Yesterday, and that's Cam Newton returning to Carolina. So we're asking, because we know he's not going to be starting, will he play on Sunday? Yes or no? I'm going with no. I got a lunch bet with Burnsy on this one. I'm going to say he's inactive, and I'm going Wait, to did try I miss to take that? a lunch from Burnsy. Yeah, you were gone because you were off. You left early yesterday, yeah, so Nate. you could go call the game for UC Riverside. Yeah. So, yeah, you did miss it yesterday. Yeah. We, have a, we have a bet. On whether Cam Newton... Baba Lugans, we got a bet here! And, and because we didn't have you here yesterday, we didn't play that yesterday. Mm. So you see, we're already suffering because you chasing your play-by-play dreams. Yeah. I'm sorry that I have goals and <laughs> go get aspirations. Go get them, Nate. Yeah, you go do what you need to do, man. It's fine. We're just doing the radio show here. I'm the, the best darn here. midfielder out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a bet on it. I think he's going to play four or five snaps. What's the survey say on this one? The survey says, and it's pretty close right now, survey says no at 52.2% leaving 47.8% thinking that Cam Newton will be on the field in some capacity. All precincts have not reported yet, correct? Uh, no. Uh, okay. No, no. We, we need the uh, the official Gambo retweet in order to get full precincts. Okay, let's go. I'm going in. I'm in, I'm in right now. I got you. I'm in on the retweet. And I'm the problem on this show. Well, just your ego right now. Today, yeah. In general, it's usually one play-by-play game, and all of a sudden, guy over here to my right. But for you know, for today, it's it's yeah, you're the problem. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it uh, at Burns and Yambo. One word on Twitter is where you can find it. I, I'll tell you that they did say today, they being the Panthers, that everything's on the table. And, and while we know PJ Walker is going to start, everything's on the table. Corey Peters even said today, I'd be surprised if we don't see. A little bit of Cam Newton, and kind of what I'm would anticipate is like a goal line situation, uh, a third and one, a third and two, a fourth and one. Yeah, just a couple of plays. Uh, just to just come in there, use that big body, use that physicality that he's got, come in there and make something happen. Uh, I guess somebody, one of the beat writers who covers the Panthers, and I didn't include this in my email to you today because there was already so much stuff in there as it is, but he included like a text message that he got from his son, who apparently for the next Panthers home game, the tickets have basically like doubled on the secondary. I could see that. Tic- oh, absolutely. I-, I could see that. The return of a local legend who, you know, took you to the Super Bowl, won the MVP award. I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a chance to see him in his first game back, I think that would be a big deal, of course. I, I, I mean, I totally. So. Uh, if I'm a Carolina fan, I would want to be at that game. The return of Cam Newton. Yeah, I would too. I absolutely would as well. Um, we Something else we haven't got into with the Cardinals while we're waiting for Bill Armstrong, GM of the Coyotes, to give us a call. Their long snapper issues. Oh, <laughs> this is not good. Who, who knew that finding a long snapper could be so hard? So two days ago, the Cardinals signed Kyle Nelson, veteran long snapper, to the practice squad with the expectation that he was going to take the place of Aaron Brewer who's out with a broken arm. Well, guess who got hurt in practice? I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nelson got hurt. Nelson got hurt. How do you get hurt if you're a long snapper? How do you get injured? I don't know. I can't have to do anything. Like, I understand if you're in a game, you get hurt, right? Because someone's charging after you, after you, after you. Okay, I I get that. 
But in practice, how does the how does Kyle Nelson get hurt? So today they put Kyle Nelson on the practice squad injured reserve. Raise your hand if you didn't know there was such a thing. As that, <laughs> I had no idea. Everybody out there, raise your hand if you had no idea yeah. there was such a thing as practice squad injured reserve. I'll hold my hand up high on that one. Um, and they signed veteran Bo Brinkley to the practice squad. Brinkley was released by the Titans last season after more than eight seasons as the long snapper. He was a three-time Pro Bowler. First team All-Pro in 2019. Like I said, you could get long snappers anywhere. Apparently you can. Like they're they're falling off of trees. So that is the latest with the Cardinals. Let's talk about the Coyotes. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo talk with the decision maker from the Coyotes front office. Now, they're in Chicago tonight. The Coyotes are and joining us right now on the 72 sold sports line. The general manager of the Coyotes, Bill Armstrong, here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bill, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on today. I'm doing great, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good, good. Bill, first of all, congratulations with the win over Seattle. I know you're probably real excited for Coach to get his first one. It's been a long time coming. We we understand the plan, the draft picks. Can't wait for July in the draft. I think it's July 7th is the date. But just had to feel good to get that monkey off your back. Yeah, you know, we're we're in the process. where We've been in a lot of games against a lot of good teams, uh, but seem to have faded uh, coming down the stretch in the third, so... You know, we responded. They, they ended up tying it up, and we came right back and took the lead there against Seattle. So just a great effort. Our fans are tremendous. Um, just a great feeling inside the Gila Arena just uh, to get the win. Van Melk is – I like him, but I'm going to ask you this question. I mean, are you worried about the usage? I mean, ever since Hutton's got hurt, you know, he's <laughs> – man, you played him in back-to-back games on uh, on Thursday and Friday. I think it was yeah, Friday and Saturday – uh, do you yeah. feel like Wedgwood could take some of the pressure off of him? Just give me your situation on on not running him into the ground. Yeah, I mean, he got off to a real good start, and that's going to happen. I mean, it's uh, it's a hard league, you know, and, and your goaltending process has got to be, you know, uh, unbelievable every single night for us to squeeze out wins. And, you know, in the last five games, uh, before, sorry, before the last two, we were number one in the NHL in goaltending, and that was all him. Um, and it's just, you know, he got a little bit worn down and, uh, you know, he got off to a couple of rough starts and we were lucky that we were able to pick Wedgwood up, uh, off, off waivers at the time and insert him into our lineup. And, uh, he's, he's been a great addition for us and he, he thrives in that opportunity. Obviously tough start. You know, we were talking about that a second ago and the, and the first win for you, what has Shane Gospahare meant to you to start the season? What has he meant to the team so far to start this year? Well, you know, Ghost has been real good back there. He he's been a, a, a spotlight for us, like a shining star there. He's just been he's been outstanding back there. Uh, you know, anytime he's had the, the chance in the power play, he's made it happen, and uh, he's been able to generate a ton of offense for us back there. So, you know, that's a lot to his credit. Um, I think it was probably hurt to leave Philadelphia a little bit, um, but at the same time, he knows the opportunity that he, that's in front of him, and he's grasped that and really run with it. Galchenik's going to return to the lineup. That was a, that was a pickup you made. You, you give him an opportunity. He was here once before. I'm sure you could use it, right? You've got a lot of guys that have been injured. You've got a lot of guys that are out. Tell me your thoughts on getting Galchenik back. Well, he's a good addition. We, we had him. You know, we picked him up there, and uh, he joined our training camp, and we signed him out of camp. And he's he's just a solid addition. Uh, he can he can play anywhere from your third line to your first line. He gives you a lot of 
you know, different looks. Uh, you know, people forget, you know, you, you get into the season here, and we lost Schmoltz, our number one center. Timmons, one of our top four defensemen. And then Galchenyuk goes down, and then Dezingo goes down. So not only have we been, uh, you know, we've been battling, uh, you know, a tough schedule, but along with that, a lot of uh, tough injuries to some key guys. Yeah, the, the Schmaltz injury is just that that one's just real tough for you guys because you're right. I mean, especially at that center center position. But you know, even like Timmons, I was looking forward to seeing him. You know, to see if he could bust in to be you know to be one of those those top four defensemen uh, for you guys. So I was really looking forward to him. Got off to a little slow start, but yeah, this team with with the with the lack of depth right now, I would imagine the injuries really hurt when they come. Yeah, and, and we've been able – I mean, there's some bright spots. You've got Ben McCartney that jumped up from the minors, and uh, Barrett Hayden, one of our young guys, has come into there, and, and uh, Camdenine has, has jumped in the backside, and so has the male. So there's been a ton of opportunity, and, you know, it's good to see those guys, you know, get into the lineup and see what they can do in the NHL. Uh, we're a little thin, but we're healing up, and we're going to come back, and, uh, you know, we've got to find a way to, to somehow squeeze out some victories here. Um, we've been in a lot of games. We work hard. Uh, we play hard. We've just got to find some goal scoring, and I think that will come as we as we move forward. So, for uh, Bill Armstrong, general manager of the Coyotes, our guest here uh, as the Coyotes are in Chicago tonight, taking on the Blackhawks. You'll hear that game on ESPN six twenty tonight. Uh, faceoff is at six thirty. From what I understand, Carter Hutton is with you guys on the road trip. Is there a timetable, per- perhaps, for his return for you at some point during this road trip, Bill? Yeah, I wouldn't say this road trip, but I'd say the next two to three weeks. You know, it's when you when you're a goaltender and you injure your knee, it's it's like a catcher in baseball. They're just constantly going down in that position, and it's really it really wears in the knee. So you got to make sure he's 100 percent to come back. So uh, slowly but surely, and, and we're lucky with the picking up Wedgwood off the waivers there that we've got some time to let him heal and and bring him back when he's ready. But uh, um, yeah, it's uh, he certainly he's about two to three weeks away. I thought Wedgwood did a nice job coming in for Vimelka in, uh, in that game against Seattle. I mean, you gave up the two goals early. He came in. I mean, without him, you don't win that game. He gave you a real good chance to come back and win that win that hockey game. Yeah, you know, he's he's had outstanding numbers uh, in the American League, and he's he's really pressing to be an NHL goaltender. You know, and that's the one thing I said to him when we picked him up. I said, "You're going to get a great opportunity." Uh, you know, and you got to make sure you, t- you seize that opportunity. So he's come in, he's done a nice job. It's never easy coming off the bench, uh, but, I, but I thought he played a terrific game for us. And, and uh, not only did he give us a chance to win, he, he did. He clinched it for us. And, uh, um, yeah, he's been a nice addition. Bill, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Best of luck tonight. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, okay? Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. Take care. Uh, thanks, Bill. Bill Armstrong joining us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72 Sold dot com six wins in a row and a little bit of a test tonight for the phoenix suns against an up-and-coming young very talented memphis team can the suns go another game if they don't have can they win another game if they don't have deandre Ayton? we'll talk about that coming up on the burns and gambo show 98.7 fm arizona's sports station burns and gambo afternoons one of the things that we were talking in our round ball roundtable a couple days ago with the voice of the Suns, Kevin Ray from Bally Sports Arizona, was that throughout this this six game win streak. Now, it, it, don't remember, no one's complaining about a six game win streak. It's great, but there hasn't been any real signature opponents. I mean, it's it's you look you look at it, and it was a great opportunity for the Suns to kind of right their ship a little bit after an uneven start, and the schedule allowed for that. Games kind of spread out, time to rest, time to practice, time to get used to each other against a schedule that wasn't 
particularly challenging over the last couple of weeks. To a certain extent, that changes tonight on the road against the Memphis Grizzlies team. And I know they lost the other night to the Charlotte Hornets. And I know former son Kelly Oubre killed them off the bench to the tune of 37 points. Kelly had himself a game. But Memphis is good. Memphis is talented, and Memphis has one of the most dynamic players in the league, bar none, in Ja Morant. Yeah, no, Ja Morant's great. This is a team that's on the rise. This is a team that they may not be there right now with Phoenix, but I fully expect that they are, in the next couple of years, going to be one of those top four teams in the West. I truly believe that. I you know Things change. I mean, you go back five years ago, you look at the top four teams in the West, and, and now you look at it now. I mean, the Houston Rockets, for, for a while, one of the top four teams, and they're not anymore. So things do change. I expect that at some point in the not-too-distant future, the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be one of those teams that are in that top four because they've got tremendous talent. you got to love John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Those guys are so good. And this Desmond Bain, we talked about Desmond Bain during the draft. I how much the I told you how much the Suns liked Desmond Bain. They really did like him, and now he's getting a lot of opportunity. So, you know, they're not a good defensive team. You know, they're, they're not, but there's a lot of firepower there, and they've got to figure it out over the next, you know, you know, year or two, how to how to get the right mix with the players they have. But they're extremely talented, and this is a test for Phoenix tonight. Yeah, it, it's it's a good test for them tonight because John Morant, he's averaging 26.5 points per game, 7.5 assists per game, 5.5 rebounds per game. He's, he's really good. Dylan Brooks, he played his first game back after missing a bunch of time at the start of the season, and he's one of their more popular he players. He will not play tonight. Oh, is Dylan Brooks Dylan out Dylan Brooks is out. Oh. Yeah, he returned to the lineup. Um, but they've ruled him out against Phoenix already. Not that he suffered a setback, but just you know, part of the ramping him up to play. Okay. He's, because they've got a game tomorrow against New Orleans. So they're going to hold him out tonight, and they'll play him tomorrow against New Orleans. I was not aware of that. I apologize if it was in your email and I skipped over it. But uh, No worries. I didn't, no worries. I didn't so that was in your email today? All yes. Right, so yep. uh, my bad on that one. All right, so Dylan Brooks won't play tonight. Uh, and it, you, the Jaron Jackson, real good player. Love him. Desmond Bain, real good player. Like him a lot. Look at a guy who's he's averaging 29 minutes per game. Former son, cast-off point guard, Anthony Melton. Melton. I know. He has found a home. He's a starter. He has found a spot. He plays well for he's them. He's start tonight. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a guy who he, he was kind of part of that rotation of blah, for the Suns at point guard, right? When yes. they were just searching for anybody to play the position. Good on him for finding a spot, for finding a home, and for kind of eventually finding himself in this league because he was one of, what was it, a dozen guys, dozen different guys the Suns rotated through over the course of a four- or five-year period looking for a point guard, and he's found himself in Memphis. Good for him. Yeah, he was part of the uh, the Josh Jackson trade. He was part of that Josh Jackson trade, the Anthony Melton. He went over... He went over there with Josh Jackson, but you're right. I liked him when he was here, but that was um, it was July 2019. The Suns traded Josh Jackson, the Anthony Melton, and a 2020 second round pick um, to the Grizzlies for Javon Carter and Kyle Korver, who they waived immediately. But the Suns got Javon Carter, and the uh, they got they got off of Josh Jackson, which they needed to do, and they got they got rid of the Anthony Melton. But I liked him; he had some talent for sure. So I definitely think that he's a good player. He's a solid player. He could be a little piece for them going forward. And you need to have those type. You need to have those type of rotation players. One thing that the Suns are trying to put a little more extra emphasis on right now is playing with a little bit more pace. 
Chris Paul on Wednesday night after the win talked about playing with a faster pace. Yeah, I think just advancing the ball and just just playing a little faster. You know, there's a lot of teams that as soon as, you know, they push it up the court, you know, it's a ball screen coming. So I think that's one of the things that we're doing too, trying not to play as much in thought, you know, just – you know, set a quick ball screen or attack downhill, and let's, uh, let's get our shots up. That's funny. Go ahead. Wasn't that one of the biggest surprises last year is that we expected them to play slow because they had Chris Paul and they didn't? No, I, ooh, at times. At, to- at times. I mean, one of the one of the big one of the big surprises I think for a lot of people was how slow they play with Chris Paul. You they, know, right? Yeah, and they was, played slow, but there were times when they they would push the ball and be like, "Wow, that's when they're really at their best." Yes, because yes. you can't set it up. But we did. I mean, look, we all know that they, you play smaller, you play slower with Chris Paul. You play slower with him because he's a thinker. He's a thinker. He's going to set up those screens, and they're gonna they're gonna try to get you into um, you know try try to keep moving and moving and moving until I get the right matchup on you. But when they got out and ran, and there were times last year, I remember us discussing it, Yeah, there were times when they got out and ran, it's like, okay, the other team can't set up. They can't set up their defense. It's leading to all those open threes, and that's what we discussed. It was all the open threes that they were hitting. It was because they were getting out and running, and they were pushing the pace a little bit more. Game starts at 6 o'clock. You'll hear it here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, immediately after the Burns and Gambo show. When we come back... No Kyler, no D-Hop, and yet they just mauled the 49ers on Sunday in San Francisco. How does Steve Kime feel about this year's roster construction and how they performed missing so many guys? We'll ask the GM. Our exclusive conversation is next here on the Burns and Gambo Show.